0: Good evening, I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio. It's great to be with you. Welcome to The Pet Loss Companion. And this is a, a show that is it's all about taking the information that my friend and colleague Nancy Saxton Lopez and I put into our book, The Pet Loss Companion: Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups. All the information that we gathered from decades of doing support groups for people who have lost their pets. We want to help that information, that sharing, that support to get to as large an audience to give it as much reach Mm. as as we possibly can. So we're happy to have you join us and we're going to be talking this evening about how we can help our children with the loss of their beloved pet. Nancy?
1: Yes. Hi. Welcome. We're going to talk um, initially about how children grasp or their concept of death at different ages. Just a little tutorial. Of course, from birth to a year, they won't have any acknowledgement of any kind of loss. From one to two years, um, they don't understand a loss, but they may react to their caregivers feelings. So, you know, if if there is a trauma in the family, a death in the family, and the caregiver is sad, they may pick that up, but they won't have a relevance to it. From two to six, death is understood as temporary and reversible. This is where you get kids with cartoons. You know, we've seen the old cartoons. We saw them as kids where the villain, you know, gets popped and then disappears and pops back up. And that's kind of how they feel about loss or death, you know, that it, it's just temporary um, and it is reversible. And it also happens to others. And, and dead people and animals can be fixed. But they also may start to get some interest in what death is. From six to nine, there's a clear understanding of death developing. Sometimes kids will have magical thinking. So if that means that if there's a death in the family, they may have made it happen. Mm -hmm. So we really have to be cautious with that because they may have had a bad thought and all of a sudden, you know, um, a sweet pea dies and they're like, I might have caused that. So we really have to be aware of that. But by nine, child, the child's concept of death is mostly like adults. Um, however, they all, they all want to think still that it happens to others and not themselves. And that kind of carries through actually a little bit. From nine to 12, um, now kids really understand that death is final, is irreversible, and it happens to everybody. Um, they may have questions like, what does the body look like? You know, um, you know what happens? You know when they die. Those kind of questions, and but they may have a strong denial too at times.
0: Um, yeah. So let Adam, me let me jump in if I may, Nancy. What what if uh, what if a four year old says, "When is PD going to wake up?"
1: PD is not going to wake up. PD is no longer here. You know, I mean, we, we'll talk in a minute because I know Ken and I just talked about this a bit about what to say and not to say to, to kids around this and depending on their age. Um, but to fit with adolescents, the interesting part about adolescents, they they kind of feel sometimes immortal, and that's kind of that adolescent kind of bravado anyway. Um, and death can be romanticized, and that usually comes in movies a lot. Um, and they view it very abstractly. But to go back to what to say, um, very clear, simple answers. It's the animal, your pet, i will I will say, you know I, I made up a little a little uh, brief, you know piece about what I would say. Uh, I have sad news. Hank was a dog dog I had to die. Hank died today his body stopped working. He couldn't eat or walk or drink and his heart stopped. Now you could also, if the animal has been sick for a long time, Hank got sick, really, really sick and the veterinarian couldn't make him better. His body didn't work anymore and he died. Then, of course, you you will miss him. We love him. Mm-hmm. He's not coming back, but we will always think about him.
0: Yeah. One of the things, I I, I love what you said, and, and I think that it's important to note that it isn't once and done. Like your little kid is going to ask mm-hmm. you that many, many, many times in many different ways because they're not going to hold on to it in the way that you delivered it. They're not going to hold on to that information. No, so not you're going to have to... going to have to say that kind of explanation repeatedly and try not to get frustrated or irritated with them about it because that's just the way it works and and little kids often don't hold on to don't hold on to that kind of of description because it's as you said it's not consistent with their developmental Period, but also because they're anxious when they hear it, they're really anxious and they don't, yes, we don't, nobody holds on to information, right. particularly well when we're upset. And so, and I noticed also that you use the word died is dead, very important, right? That's very important.
1: No, and and also, I wanted to point out the kids, they may be sad or anxious, and then they can run away and play. Yep. So younger yes. kids, they are not going to necessarily grieve like adults do. They are they all like, I'm going to go out and play now. And then they may come in and say, oh, what about, what about Hank? You know, let's talk about Hank. Where's, is Hank coming back? So that's kind of what happens. Well, again, what, what strikes me about
0: that is that when an adult is grieving, it's like this big mess of feelings. You can, we yes. will change mood states very, very regularly. Kids are are typically even more that way. <laughs> they're even more changeable, yes. and and as you said, they'll be really upset, and then they'll be like, "I want to play" or "I want to color," or "What's for dinner?" and and it doesn't mean that they they it doesn't mean that they're over it. it no, means that just, that's just what they're going through. That's the way they're process processing. it.
1: Right. They it. can't yeah. process it like we can't process it. One, yeah. one of the
0: things that I I think is just really important to. to to get on the table is that when we're a parent, we are raising our child to be a functioning adult. Mm -hmm. That's our job. We have to take a long view. And we need to understand that losses are going to happen in life, in their life. And in fact, I believe that one of the most important things about having a pet in a child's life is it teaches them a huge amount about life. It teaches them about gentleness. It teaches them about responsibility. It teaches them frustration, tolerance. Mm -hmm. And the last gift that a pet gives is the understanding that all life ends, that Mm -hmm. we all die, and then the the journey of of getting through that. So one of the things that I just think it's really important to reinforce for parents is we have to be at a place in our own development where we're accepting that death death happens, Mm -hmm. that it's normal, that it isn't necessarily an error on somebody's part or that the the vet did something wrong or you know something like that it 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 actually is going to happen to every living thing and and that's the lesson i think that's so fundamental here for kids of all ages
1: well, and, and you could take kids out like a flower that has died mm-hmm. or a bird mm-hmm. up on the ground or something on that order, you know, and then they have curiosity about that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I remember when Elisa was little and we would go out and all of a sudden the neighbors and and she found a dead bird and we we mm-hmm. took the bird and we buried the bird. You know, yep. so we went through this process with them yep. um, when they were really young and um, so, but I also think parents, I think they mean, well, they want to protect their kids. But in this case, it's really important for them to be genuinely themselves. Yep. Um, and if, if you're upset, that's okay. They can see that yeah. you're upset.
0: Yeah, such um, an important point, right? You don't want to be totally stoic, like uh, cold as a stone, because you want to be strong for them. Because what that would show them is that there's something very different about the way they're feeling. And instead, you want to be a role model. You want to show your tears. If you feel tears, you want to talk about your sadness. You don't want to become an emotional maelstrom. Like you don't want to, you don't want to freak out and like have a, a fit where you're lying on the floor screaming and crying, because that would be terrifying for your child. But you also don't want to pretend that it's not affecting you
1: it's it's important to be you know genuine with this um and they will get you know I remember when we took our Noel to be euthanized and Elisa was young and I think she freaked out because I was just crying and upset you know she hadn't seen me do that she was more afraid of me and my my emotional um, stability, as opposed to really Noel. I mean, she was close to Noel, but she was young. Um, yeah. She was nine, I think, at the time. And so it's and making sure though that you hug them and and you know be with them. Yeah, yeah. Pay attention to them. Yeah. Talk to them simply, but you know. Yeah. You maybe you
0: are you're taking care of yourself. You're expressing yourself. But you're always attentive. Yes. To your child and and. And when, when Elisa saw you upset like that, that's a lesson too. Moms and dads cry and get sad when they lose somebody very close to them. It doesn't mean that they are incapacitated. Right. It doesn't mean that there's, there's something really terrible happening aside from the loss. This is just part of life, that we all have an emotional range that sometimes brings us to places where we're very sad and upset. It doesn't. It it doesn't mean the sky is falling or or anything and is going to anything that that isn't manageable.
1: That's right. It was interesting. I was just thinking of this because of and conversations over the years. People would, you know, you get into something, uh, you know, parents being upset and and people would say, oh, I never saw my dad cry or, mm-hmm. you know, I never or mm-hmm. and when, he, when he did, it was like so weird, you know, and or they could count on their hands, you know, you know, how many times maybe mom was upset. Um, so it, it kind of goes back to I think our society doesn't allow us to grieve very well.
0: Right. Right. And, and well, there's such a denial of. Yeah of death, and it's been so, everything about the natural world, we have, most people have great distance from. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I've heard, a friend of mine was telling me once that one of her siblings said that she couldn't buy, she couldn't buy vegetables at a farmer's market because there tended to be dirt on them. And all, we were both laughing, we were saying that all plants are I mean the they rush. grow out of dirt. We are all the the, we are the result of dirt being <laughs> changed into life, and it, I feel like that's it. So encapsulates the distance that people yeah. have that little story. It's like, what are you talking about? Of course, that's right. Of course, yeah. there should be some dirt on a plant before you wash it.
1: <laughs> and and that's and that goes back to p- parents wanting to protect, but they also have to be careful. To go back to say has died or yeah. is dead, um, because a lot of times what we do as adults will say, well, we um, you know we put them down, we put them to sleep, you know, we yeah. put Hank to sleep. Yeah. And the problem with that is that kids at a certain age, younger ages, will say, well, what happens if I go to sleep? Yeah. You know, well I? Will I? You know, what, what does that mean? Um, or put down, I, I, you know, I'm not sure what, that's not necessarily the best connotation either. Like adults, we understand what that is, but kids don't understand that, you know. Um, Again,
0: if you use the the word euthanasia, and then you explain it, that exactly as you were doing before, that we're going to give your, we're going to give the pet an injection that's going to help them to totally relax. And then we're going to give them either gas or another injection that's going to end their life. It's going to stop their heart from beating. To, to tell them that is yeah. it's very sad. It's, it's, it's distressing. But you can also say, because they can't get better, they're feeling a lot of pain and discomfort. And we want to mm-hmm. ease that. We want that to go away for them. We want them to not have any more pain.
1: That's exactly right. I mean, the, the pieces I got off the internet were very good. We had just talked about that. The veterinarian has done all she or he can do. And that um, pain will never get better. Um, yeah. And this is the kindest way to take his pain away. Um, and he will die peacefully without being fear, scared, or hurt. And yes, the veterinarian will give him one shot to put him to sleep, but another shot to to stop his heart. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. So I think that that's very clear, and euthanasia, the word, should be used.
0: That's the word, right? Death is the mm-hmm. word, euthanasia is the word. We want our kids to understand the language that we all use and mm-hmm. not have illusions about, about what's really happening. Well, you know, one of the things that, again, that parents want to help their kids do is successfully navigate reality. And that's that's what you're doing here, is you're helping yes. your child to use the right language and to develop an age-appropriate understanding of reality. We all want to operate in reality and not in a fantasy, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think for families with, you know, different age kids, you know, it would be easier not to pay necessarily so much attention to adolescence. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that, you know, they're not really hurting, depending on how close they were to the, their animal. Um, and in adolescence, it's pretty hormonal, you know, they can kind of disappear into their rooms. You know, they're not as, some Some may talk about it, some may not. Right, I mean, right. it's almost, I don't want to say easier, but little kids are different because they're around. You know, they come and see yeah. you, they hang out, they, they may come and go, but the a little bit of the older kids, you know, the, the middle school kids and high school kids, you know, may have, a, a you know, a lot of emotion about it, but not know how to express it.
0: And, and, and again, just to, to be respectful of their developmental period. The way I think about adolescents is they're, they're figuring out how to move toward adulthood and they're mm-hmm. trying things out. And so for you to check in and say, how are you doing? Do you want to talk? You're probably going to hear in many cases, no. It, just to let them know that you are okay. available if they want your support I mean, kids do all kinds of things. They'll listen to their music really loud. Yes, they right. will go out and you know, be with their friends. And, 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 and it, just like with adults, there's no, there's no correct no. one size fits all how to do this. What there needs to be is the reassurance that the relationship that you have with your child is strong, is, is available to them to the extent that they want to, to use be. their contact with you. Yeah, so it's to the extent that they wanna confide in you. I mean, also with, with, this, with this thing that happens in life, the loss of a pet, as with everything else, one of the things I think it's also important to keep in mind is that it's built on what came before. So yeah. as a parent, yeah. we always want to be conveying love, support, Acceptance, availability, respect, all the time, so that when the challenging things happen, there's an envelope, there's a holding envelope for our child that they can rely on. They can rely on all of those things. That whatever they say, they're not going to be denigrated. They're not going to be put down. They're not going to be judged. We're we're going to help them. We're going to give them our best thoughts and our best guidance, and that that's. Key to really everything we do as a parent, and it's certainly key here. And one of the things that we've been talking about is we're going to tell them the truth
1: exactly. And and sometimes the other thing is, like, you know, maybe maybe your dog was hit by a car, and yeah. so and so the child could say, Well, what, what, why did it, why did that happen? Why did he go in the road? Mm-hmm. We may not, we don't know that answer, right? And so, the truth <clears throat> is, I don't know and right. we're sad he's gone and we're and we're really you know devastated but we don't know why he did that
0: right and there's a lot of i don't knows right about death i mean it's the ultimate i don't know yeah. and that's going to that's coming to terms with the reality of death is in my opinion a lifelong project
1: exactly and so
0: so that this this is something that they're going to face over and over, either have questions about, they're going to wonder about, they're going to come to their own conclusions about, those conclusions may change. But I think it's important to say there's, we don't know. We don't know where their spirit went, where the right. the character who was our friend. and And you may, depending on your community of faith, you may have a particular story that you share about that, or you may not, I mean, that, that's culturally bound, right? Right. Right.
1: Well, I think sometimes too, I mean, if, if you, if you really are religious in the context of heaven, then Mm -hmm. yes, you use that because that's your context. Um, Sometimes. So I think I had a friend. Um, way back and uh, the parents had. she was in college parents had told her when she came back from college she asked them what the dog was and they said we took, we took him to the farm and oh no <laughs> years later she found out that no they euthanized the dog mm-hmm. and so and she was furious I mean oh I, I can
0: imagine it's yeah. disrespectful right that was a very disrespectful thing to do
1: and yet the parents believed that they were protecting you know,
0: her from that yeah. from yeah. that. And, protect- and again, like you don't you don't protect kids, you help them learn how to manage the ups and downs in life. It I see that as being disrespectful. And I and I it seems it sounds like that's the way she experienced it. Oh, she, yeah, well. she was, I also yeah. feel like there's one of the major cha- one major challenge for parents is to be present with their child. Our children mean the world to us. We want them to to have a good life and we want them to experience positive emotions. but it it can be one of the biggest challenges to be with them in their pain. And I I feel like-
1: It's very hard to do that. And I feel like
0: that's one of the, that's maybe the underlying reason why a parent might say to their, it sounds like young adult child. We took him to a farm where he could run and have fresh air and what? Because they are not willing to face their own discomfort in bearing witness to their child's discomfort. It's and
1: interesting. So we, have,
0: oh, go ahead. No, no. Have, I'm just saying. Have, so it's like we have to. We have to do. We have to be empathic. We have to learn empathy skills if we're going to help our child to to deal with their own feelings, right? That's the way I think about it. Exactly.
1: No, I think that you really hit a chord. And for me, you know, when my first pug died, when I was an adult, um, I called home and um, I told my dad, you know, that Tasha died. And he said, oh, Nancy, I know you were close to her. I'm so sorry that that happened. My mom grabs the phone from him and says, Nancy, it was just a dog. Oh, wow. Now,
0: that was not I, the right thing to say to you.
1: No, but I also know her. I knew her. I know what she was right. going to say. But what that brought up was she couldn't tolerate my pain.
0: Right, right.
1: She couldn't tolerate it that I was so upset and so yeah. sad. And that was how she reacted to that. I knew it was the wrong thing to say to me, but I also knew that she was she couldn't tolerate it that i was so upset
0: but that's that's something that's something you had to learn over time that my mom yes. is my mom is so distressed at seeing my distress it doesn't mean though that she's cold hearted <laughs> i mean that that's the thing if you do that consistently that may be the message that your child takes yeah, and, you know. and again, this stuff varies culturally because in some cultures, yes, it's course. going to be different. It's going to be like you know, we're just going to keep going, and and we're gonna we're not going to give this a lot of airtime, and so it 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 varies. Again, it's you know, we're we're trying to identify some things that we think are most helpful, but some people who hear this may say, "Well, that's not the way we do it," <laughs> and,
1: and that's possible, and that's fine. Yeah. I mean, there are- There are different cultures out there, different religions out there, and that's fine. I do want to make a point, too, that the older the child gets and there is a sick animal in the house, it's important for them to be part of the decision.
0: Sure, Um, sure,
1: yeah. I did have a client that I saw for a period of time. Her dog was very, very ill, and her husband was, you know, on the fence. You know, if you want to euthanize her, fine. If you don't, I understand, you know. Um and she was in agony, and her son was like, "Mom, I, I think I think she needs to know. You know I think that she used to do that. Now that was his opinion. She, she waited until she knew she that was all she could do to to end her life. But the son was involved with it. and I yeah. think it's important to to have you know kids involved with what the parents are talking about in context to their their beloved animal. You know. right.
0: I, I I recently did a consultation with a family who all adults, two two adult young adult women and their parents, and they were they were working through exactly that when to say goodbye. And they and they had decided with the consultation of their dog's vet on the date that they were going to do it, and they cooked steak for him, the uh, they before, him. And they did all the things that they knew he enjoyed they went for walks they live in the city so they went for walks in the park and and it was very much a collaborative decision one of the one of the children lived in a different city came back for the for the event for the say, saying goodbye and all of that is important because it's there's no arguing that the end of life whether it's a pet or whether it's somebody, a human being close to us is an extraordinarily important thing. It's an important transition. And if, yes. if there are, are children in the family who are whatever, at any age where they can conceptualize what's happening, you better include them if you want them to feel respected, if you want them to feel like they belong in the same way that everybody else in the family belongs.
1: And that gets, it can get very conflictual at times, because I think that yes. some of the members may yeah. not agree with others. And yeah. you know, there would, there's a period of time that people really need to just talk with one another until they can come up with some kind of solution.
0: They reach some kind of consensus. I mean, the, yeah. the, and, and, and your story illustrates it. To me, the, unless the animal is in dire, dire pain, it makes sense to wait until the last person has come the last family member has come to the assessment that it's really time to end their suffering yes. and and that's because because one of the things you always want to be thinking about is you don't want to have a a conflict open up about this you don't want there to be somebody who feels really bad and really guilty and betrayed by their family right. members and then
1: will be angry and upset for a long yeah. time
0: yeah, you don't you don't need that layer of conflict on top of already this very stressful yes. decision making.
1: And then we did go What we did last time was the rituals and memorials, but that's also a part of our kids can get involved in. You
0: know. Yep. I mean one of the things that that I think it's important for parents to do is to keep their memory alive in conversation. Yes, good. So that because because again, you're teaching your child. That there are people who mean a lot to us. There are pets who mean a lot to us. And when they leave, when they die, that we can still hold on to them. They're still part of our family story. We don't have to, we don't have to pretend that they never existed. Because if you do that, you give the message that it's just too painful. And, and I, I firmly believe that there should be nothing in life that is unmentionable. Now, I always come back to, to Mr. Rogers' quote, if it's mentionable, it's manageable. And, yeah. and we, I think we want our kids to feel like they can remember, they can talk about, they can recall the good times, they can recall the pain around the loss. Yeah. And, and it's not something that's overwhelming, that's impossible to, to deal with. There's a lot in our lives that, that's going to be hard. Yes. And we want our kids to be skillful and practiced in handling good things, right?
1: Right.
0: Yeah. So we're just about at the end of our time. We've got, it looks like about a minute or a little bit less left. Any closing thoughts?
1: Well, I I, look, losing an animal is a horrific experience. It's traumatic. It's devastating um, for us who love animals as part of our family. Um, we all have to take care of each other. Now, now that said, you know, hopefully the family can rally together, you know, and pay a, you pay attention to yourself, to your spouse or partner, to the kids. Um, and so to help everyone get through it. However, again, grief is individual and individualized. So not everyone's going to grieve the same. And especially with kids, you just want to be present, loving, hug them check in with
0: them. Yeah, yeah. For, for me, I, I I feel like the last point that I would wanna leave people with is that your kids are stronger than you might imagine. Yes. If you're worried about them, if you think that they're fragile to the point where they can't manage this, I urge you to think again and to realize that all of us are perhaps more resilient than we may think we are. And, and our kids, need to be able to navigate the the challenges that are going to befall them in life and this is one of this is one of them so as always Nancy it's great talking with you I look forward to our conversation next week and if people have questions or comments upon please viewing do. the the replay please give us your comments either on on Facebook or on YouTube or on one of the podcasts outlets and we'll be sure to to take them into consideration, respond if there are questions, maybe talk about the questions and comments and stories that you bring up on a future on a future broadcast. Sure. Have a good evening. Bye. Bye bye.